Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. What is up, everybody? Thank you all for joining me in the latest Mortcast, part of this CSG Network. I'm, of course, your host, Jeff Morton. Okay, uh, took a little uh, bit of a week off, so I'm back and ready to go. I'll probably do three Mortcasts this week, since it is a short month, even though it's only two days shorter. Like, a 29-day leap year, so uh, happy birthday to the people who have a birthday on uh, either the March 1st or the 29th of, uh, of uh, February. But uh, right now we've got uh, three more games of of uh, uh, kind of information uh, from the Nuggets this week, uh, this last week, excuse me. And it ended, uh, well, it, it, Sunday isn't the end of the week, it's the beginning of the week, but, you know, since I last recorded. And uh, it is the, the play against the Thunder. Uh, they and they had two games against the uh, Portland Trailblazers, uh, all of which went about as the way you would think they would go. Um, the Nuggets uh, rested Nicole. Well, he was out injured, but quote unquote, he 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 was resting against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, a surprisingly competitive game. Uh, that the Nuggets played uh, against uh, one of the teams that are competing for the top spot in the West. Um, and uh, the, the most that you can glean from that is that the the, the rest of the team played hard. Um, I think Mike had a rough night, but uh, outside of that, everyone really, and especially Aaron Gordon, really competed hard. Which is always good signs. There's these little barometer games, and I think that uh, the, uh, the the Thunder game was probably a barometer game insofar as the rest of the team. and it, it, The rest of the team that wasn't um, uh, Nikola Jokic, who was resting or slash out injured that night. So you have the rest of the team really stepping up, and the bench was not good, but the starters that were there played well enough to where they could overcome a lot of the shortcomings at the time of uh, of what was going on with the bench. And it was a competitive game that the Thunder only pulled away from the Nuggets at the very end down the stretch. Uh, and then the Nuggets reeled them back and just weren't able to close the deal. But it was a good effort all all around. You'll take that sort of thing. I think the Nuggets were basically with Jokic sitting out that day that night. Were basically conceding the season series to the uh, to the Thunder. 
Uh, and then they played two games against the Portland Trailblazers. Uh, the, the, the Blazers are not a good team. Uh, I know a lot of people who cover the Blazers. Um, they do have some, like, Scoot Henderson and uh, Simons and uh, DeAndre Ayton and guys like that. And Jeremy Grant uh, had set out these two games. But there is a... Um, the best thing you could say about these two games that the Nuggets played was they, they, they seemed to be unfazed by the second night. Now, these back-to-backs... Well, it wasn't back-to-back. It wasn't consecutive, but it was two games against the same opponent uh, a, day, a day apart. Um, usually, in those scenarios, you will find a team let down in the second day because it's a regular season. It's not playoffs, so you're not getting up like you would for the playoffs, but it does mimic what you would be doing in the playoffs. And uh, it was important for the Nuggets to, even though they started off really terribly in the first quarter, and looked really not into it. It was important for the Nuggets in that second game to, which was played last night, to basically overcome the lethargy. And this, and that is what, and folks, this is what January and February are all about. Uh, these are, this is the, the real, uh, drag part of the any NBA schedule. The Nuggets in January had a couple high moments, but January and February, well, basically the All-Star game, All-Star break is just to overcome the doldrums, overcome the part of the year where you're not uh, really putting your entire effort into. I mean, the Nuggets are 35 and 16 right now. They have played 51 games. And 51 games is a long time. It's a long stretch. The Nuggets played a ton of games before January. A ton. I pointed this out on one of the podcasts, is that the Nuggets schedule is is about to get... Outside of the January stretch where they played all those games, the Nuggets schedule is going to uh, open up a lot. And they don't even play another back-to-back until the end of this month. So this is the time that the Nuggets are going to need to make hay while the sun shines and so they can do a nice little press towards the end of the year. I don't necessarily believe that the Nuggets are very concerned about the state of their seeding. Um, obviously it surprises everyone that the Clippers are as good as they are very specifically the Clippers. I don't think the Nuggets are surprised that the Minnesota Timberwolves are as good as they are, or even the Thunder. The Thunder give very much giving me the 2018, 19 Nuggets vibes, um, probably advancing a little farther than they are, what their schedule should be at this moment in time. The Thunder schedule and the Timberwolves schedule is not going to be friendly to them going forward. Uh, the Thunder will be playing a lot more, a lot more back-to-backs and more road games, and the Timberwolves will be playing more tougher opponents. Uh, the Nuggets have not played the Timberwolves since um, I think it was the fifth game of the year. Was the last time they played the Timberwolves? Then they don't play again until March, and then they play like three games in March. I think I think it's three games. So this this kind of the schedule will be meeting the the Timberwolves and the uh, Thunder, uh, particularly the next two weeks or so. The, the Wolves are have a difficult stretch of basketball, and we'll see how they they handle handle that challenge. They are a very talented 
defensive team that is carried by a lot of uh, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns isolations. <laughs> I, I think I think even Tim Connolly, if you were to talk to him on this podcast, would acknowledge that that is not a great way to to conduct your odd offense. But this team is got to hand off hat off again to Tim Connolly. The guy knows how to build a team. He he knew how to build. He built the majority of this Nuggets team that uh, the this Nuggets management is added to. And uh, he also has really rejiggered that uh, Timberwolves roster in a defensive way. Hats off to him. The man really knows how to build a team. Um, On the flip side, there is the Clippers. And the Clippers are by far, by far the most dangerous team to the Nuggets. It, It was the Timberwolves. But really, truly, it is the Clippers because the Clippers have talent out the wazoo with uh, Harden, um, Paul George, and uh, Kawhi Leonard. And those three guys are really, I mean, they have the three. They have the three that you need. And Kawhi is signed to an extension. So they're not even worried about him now. This... uh, this team is truly one of those teams that is very dangerous, and they are very well coached by Ty Lue. This is the team that I am circling in on for the Nuggets to be the really serious challenger in the West. And this next stretch of basketball coming up uh, for the Clippers isn't quite as tough as it is for the uh, Thunder and the uh, very specifically the Timberwolves. But it is... It is going to be interesting to see how they maintain this uh, momentum that they've had since they the first five or so games of the Harden era were not great for them. They were learning, and may, maybe even ten games. But ever since then, it's just been a skyrocket. And obviously, counting on James Harden in the playoffs is never a good thing. But I think this... Clippers team has some of those things that you see in in a, in a team that has that look about them, and they're the ones that concern me more than any other team in the league. I think the Nuggets match up well with most other teams, and with the Sixers likely falling off big time with Joel Embiid's uh, injury, um, this is going to look a lot different in the East. The Nuggets already played the Bucks. Um, and beat them at home. The Nuggets have already already played the Boston Celtics and beat them on the road. Uh, as I said in the last podcast, these were measuring stick games for the Denver Nuggets. These were big-time measuring stick games that the Nuggets obviously got up for. And one of the things that I'm going to get to in the second half, but I want to mention here, uh, it's very clear that if the, if the Nuggets are... are Michael Malone is sending a signal is when he's serious about something, he deploys the Aaron Gordon at center lineup. And I think there's multiple reasons why he hasn't gone to that a lot in uh, the, the, the regular season. And it's because you don't want to, first of all, Hey, you don't want Gordon to get beat up. Playing center is even though the NBA tried its best to eliminate the position, basically uh, back in at least as, as long as five, six years ago, um, it's still a physical demanding position where you get banged a lot with by people who are bigger than you. And, and Gordon is only six, nine. Um, but that is the nuggets at their best with their 
bench lineup. And the bench has been an issue and will remain to be an, an issue until the playoffs. Because when the playoffs, the, the the rotations get shortened, obviously it's going to be Reggie Jackson. Is going, and uh, Jamal Murray will stagger with the bench. And it'll be different other staggers going with that. And maybe add in Christian Brown, Peyton Watson. And that'll be it. There's one specific person that the Nuggets were heavily counting on heading into this season that has not performed at all, and in fact, you could argue regressed, and I will get to that in the second half. But the Gordon in uh, with the as the bench five uh, is the Nuggets' best option, and that's the one that they will only start deploying when things get serious. Um, do not expect this to be a usual thing. Do not expect this to be something that comes about a lot. DeAndre Jordan has put in some admirable minutes for a guy who's 30, how old is he now? 30, 37, 36, 37 years old? No, maybe he's not that old. 35? Um, he For a guy his age, he's put in some admirable minutes, and speci- specifically for a center. Uh, DeAndre Jordan has done about as well as you could possibly ask someone who's playing on a minimum contract to do. Um, so obviously that has been a big part of the Nuggets' approach to this year is to try to steal as many minutes as they can with DeAndre not having to deploy the Aaron Gordon at center lineup. Um, this bench is a problem. Some of it's due to the Nuggets' choices. Some of it is due to injury. Some of it's due to the fact that it's hard to have a consistent bench when you have Nikola Jokic as your center because you play completely differently. Um, so there are multiple things you can look at with this approach. And in the second half of the podcast, I'm going to talk about one Zeke Naji. Um, a man who was drafted and had some hope with him. I think it was it 2020 he was drafted and um, was signed to a new extension this offseason and uh, hasn't necessarily, well, definitely fulfilled that, those expectations. Uh, before I get to that, I'm going to talk to you about Blanchard Family Wines, located between 18th and 19th and Blake and Wazi in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field around the military block. They're always online at bfwcolorado.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. Uh, great place to go in Denver, great vibe. Uh, you know, even if you're not a big wine fan, they got wine cocktails. They got things they can mix up for you there. Uh, it's in the dairy block, so it's a great location to just kind of stop somewhere before you go to uh, a, a dinner somewhere, or maybe like a mid-afternoon kind of you when you're hanging out with some friends. Um, you know, once we get into the summer, it's a great place to hang out outdoors. Um, you know, if you're going to a Rockies game, stop there first. Any of that because it's right next to Coors Field. They got great reds. They got great whites. Great Pinot. Partnerships with Western Slope wineries um, that are really great. They got a location in Fort Collins right now that's doing really well. They got a private uh, tasting room in uh, Golden, and they've got, of course, the original location in Sonoma County, California. Once again, they're located between 18th and 19th and Lake and Wazee in beautiful lower downtown Denver, Colorado, just a couple blocks away from Coors Field, right in the middle of the dairy block. They're always online at bfwcolorado.com. They're on Facebook and Instagram under Blanchard Family Wines. When you go in or you talk to them, tell them Jeff Morton from CSG Podcast sent you. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. 
Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Zeke Naji was signed to an extension this offseason. Now, there's a many ways to look at the way the Nuggets did this. And and the pr- and the one that I thought about at the time was that this was obviously, quote-unquote, I hate, and anyone who has listened to this podcast knows that I hate the word asset. Referring to players as assets is dehumanizing. I hate it. But it is asset management, essentially. Keep the person so you can keep their value and use them as a chip to move to different areas. Um, there's been a lot of contradictions with the way the Nuggets have approached this offseason, and one of them primarily has been the rover reliance on youth, which bit them in the ass to, to, to start the year. And to be honest with you, the Nuggets have actually benefited from Julian Strother being injured because it's forced them to to do the stagger, which uh, kind of, even though the bench unit is still st- still terrible, the the, the um, they're not relying on another rookie or another second-year player to prop up their bench. Um, and in, in that way, Julian Strother being injured has actually helped somewhat stabilize, even though, it's, like I said, it's, it's still terrible, somewhat stabilize the Nuggets bench. So with the Nuggets' over-reliance on youth, which which is what's done deliberately, this is exactly what the Calvin Booth was saying that the Nuggets' approach was going to be, um, then you have the other opposite end of it, which is Zeke Naji, who is in his uh, fourth year and has not exactly lit the word world afire with his play. And there are multiple ways to look at how to approach this. The Nuggets could have declined offer uh, Zeke Naji a contract um, and then taken the $4 million of cap space into this offseason season. I don't necessarily think that would have made a dime's worth of difference. So they opted for the let's sign him to an extension option. Now, already we have seen the uh, from the youthful Bennett Durando on uh, at the Denver Post. We've already seen the, well, no, we believe in Zeke odd article, which is clearly that is not true, um, particularly from Michael Malone, who he can't even get minutes over DeAndre Jordan. So let's kind of put that notion to rest. I mean, that's one of those situations where it's like, do you believe me? Do you, do you, who do you believe, me or your lying eyes? That's basically, that's basically what that kind of thing says. Uh, Zeke has been a utter disappointment. So this brings us to a fundamental notion of what to do with Zeke. Because it, it, as of right now, he has zero value. There's no value that he can give you. Um, Zeke Naji doesn't contain anything that you can point to that if you, another team would find uh, appealing on the trade market. And as of right now, I think it's a four million, more four million dollar salary that would be bumped up to I think I think nine million because it was like a three year deal plus a player option. I think is what he uh, he signed, and I think it's right around maybe the eight or nine million dollar range right there. So, in the grand scheme of things, you have to look at Zeke Naji and think maybe it's sunk cost. And I hate looking at players as if. They're nothing but dollar signs, but in the grand scheme of things, um, a lot of what the Nuggets were trying to do was contingent on Zeke Naji being good. Um, In both team performance 
and trademark it, right? And the Nuggets right now are kind of stuck. He's provided nothing to them to the point where he can't be played. And then on the other hand, he hasn't shown enough to be traded. And I do believe there, and and in some sense, you know, you can only trade on a year contract and then you can, you know, NBA contracts and what you're able to do with the the tax and all that stuff. There's people who'd be better, who'd be better able to explain to you what the NBA has done with the first apron and second apron thing. But the Nuggets are kind of stuck in a, um, uh, if they don't want to accumulate more salary and they don't want to be put into the second apron, which would restrict them from being able to aggregate salaries, blah, blah, blah. Um, they would need tradable contracts. And, and quite frankly, even with Vlaco Chanchar being uh, injured, they don't have a lot of tradable contracts. And they're kind of in this weird nebulous window where they may even have to try to rely on the buyout market. But I don't even sense from anything that I've heard or been able to glean that the Nuggets are that, uh, that worried about the buyout market right now. And, you know, who knows what you would get on the buyout, but then the buyout net market. So, I mean, look, Reggie Jackson came on the buyout market last year and then they signed him to a, a deal this year. I mean, honestly, there's not a ton that the Nuggets are able to do with, with what the, 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 really their window was this last off season and maybe this off season, but they still got to make a decision on Jamal. They still got to, um, on what they want to sign Jamal to, I should say. Um, they still got other decisions that they need to make as far as that goes. So right now the Nuggets are kind of stuck. They are in a, they are in a commit, they're committed to youth. And that commitment to youth, uh, you, you, take with it the bad and then right now the bad is Zignaji. one of the big issues that the nuggets have had is that they can't rely on zeke to stabilize anything there was one game this year where he had nothing but offensive rebounds i don't think i have ever seen he had 10 offensive rebounds and no defensive rebounds i don't think i've ever seen that before I can't think of a time, at least in my time watching basketball, where I've seen someone just only get offensive rebounds, which is on one hand is good, and on the other hand is kind of concerning. There's a lot of different things that Zeke was hoping to provide to this Nuggets roster, including spacing, shooting, uh, that you know, shooting threes, and being able to provide a a, a something that a bigger center like DeAndre Jordan can't provide you, which is a little more athleticism and a little more spacing because he can shoot and score. And, uh, but even his defense hasn't, hasn't been great. And that has been a problem. The, the nuggets, at least as far as the way that you see Michael Malone approach this is that once he determined that he couldn't put Zeke Naji out there anymore, he didn't. And this, with 51 games in this year, I think he's only played 37, maybe, maybe 41, uh, right around there in that area. And has not been great in what you've seen. I mean, like I said, once you get, who do you believe, me or your lying eyes? And this is a, this is something that the Nuggets probably weren't counting on. Now there's the Vlatko Chanchar injury, I think Nuggets fans have overhyped Vlatko uh, and various other people. Vlatko is okay. 
Vlatko is not going to save your season, you know, so what level of okay are you at, okay? Um, Vlatko would be better than Zeke, though. So that's the, at least for me, that's the level we're at here, right? Okay, Vlatko Chanchar would be playing over Zeke Naji. But that's not to say that Vlatko would be a tremendous option, but he would be better than Zeke. So right now, with the Nuggets are at this bizarre crossroads where they have to rely on guys like Peyton Watson, who's had a good year, uh, and Christian Brown, who has not but had a good game last night as of this recording. Um, you're relying on guys to develop when you are in a championship window, which is something that I have pointed out ad nauseum this whole year that the Nuggets have played. The Nuggets' approach to this year is unusual for a team that wants to contend. So the Nuggets are stuck where they're at. Part of this youth movement was giving Zeke Nagy an extension and hoping that he could provide you something that helps this team. <coughs> hoping to provide you something that he hadn't shown the previous three years of his career. And so far, and I think the prospects are pretty dim right now that he will. Um, he has not shown this year. And that's where the current state of Denver Nuggets are. And what the Nuggets can do, I don't know. As I, as I pointed out before, the buyout market is is uh, one of those things that you just cannot rely on. A lot of buyout guys and, like, and, and a lot of trade deadline trades don't necessarily work the way you think, because you need cohesiveness on your roster. The best moves are made in the offseason, and then you take the early part of the season to, to build up the chemistry, and then the rest of the year is banking on that chemistry, a la the Clippers, right? Even though the Clippers, the Harden deal came into when, you know, was in the season when they when they made the deal, um, this uh, Clippers team took some time to develop that chemistry, and once they figured it out, they took off. So really the best the best deals are done in the offseason. And right now the Nuggets aren't positioned at a place to where they can make a deal that is going to significantly alter their roster. In very many ways, the Nuggets the Nuggets are in a place of their own making dis, regardless of how the Zeke Naji's issues. Regardless of those, the Nuggets are in a place where they can't really do anything substantive at the deadline and it's all your approach to the season and the way the and the way the nuggets have looked at this season and your view of the way the nuggets have looked at this season is going to depend on whether you think this is enough and if the development of so-and-so like Peyton Watson or, or uh, Christian Brown is enough for you, you will consider this a building blocks to success. If you're like me, you're a little worried that they are kicking the can down the road in a title window, which is something that I've been talking about consistently on this, play, on this podcast. And I hope you've stayed on in tune with what I've been talking about this whole time. Zeke Naji is emblematic of the issue that the Nuggets had coming into this year. In order for you to take that next step, you need these young guys to make an advancement. So far, Peyton Watson seems to have done that. Christian Brown has not had a good year 
Um, but the hope is that he just kind of figures it out. Julian Strother, I don't anticipate him getting many more minutes if, at all coming in this later in this year. He, it's just too late in the year, and he's missed too much time. So then you got Zeke Naji, who has given you exactly nothing. So what the Nuggets do from here, it's going to be interesting. Uh, coming into this offseason, he's going to be nine million, eight or $9 million. So what are you going to do with that money? Is it just going to sit on your roster? We don't know at this point. All right, thank you all for joining me on the latest Morecast. Uh, I'm going to be back in a couple days with another episode. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.